presented by Amazon. Hey, good morning, playbookers and Rogu Munavalin. It's Wednesday. Today's show, how immigration politics broke up a bipartisan bromance. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Senator Mitt Romney is having a bipartisan moment. He kept everyone in suspense until Monday on how he would vote on Ketanji Brown-Jackson's confirmation. He voted against confirming her to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit last year, but flipped and will now vote to confirm her to the Supreme Court. Six weeks ago, House Democrats blew up a bipartisan deal on COVID funding when they stripped $15 billion in pandemic relief money from a bill to fund the government. Biden and Democrats scrambled to find a way to pass a standalone bill, and they needed a GOP partner. Romney stepped in and spent the last month and a half negotiating with Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and the White House. They announced a $10 billion deal on Monday, but yesterday it fell apart. There's often a moment in an election year when bipartisan compromises, which already are never easy in the best of circumstances, become almost impossible. The Schumer-Romney deal was torpedoed by immigration policy. There's a good reason Biden wanted his COVID request tucked into a $1.5 trillion spending bill. As a standalone request, it could easily become the target of election year mischief. As the Schumer-Romney talks neared completion, the Biden administration handed Republicans a weapon. On Friday, the CDC announced the end of Title 42. That's the authority used by Donald Trump at the start of the pandemic to shut down the asylum system. Hundreds of thousands of migrants who would normally be allowed to seek asylum under U.S. law were simply expelled instead. In the Trump years, when the president sought to downplay the virus and emphasize a return to normalcy, Democrats noted that the policy didn't apply to Title 42, which Biden left in place. But now, as Biden points out that COVID funds are desperately needed because the pandemic is still not over, Republicans insist that Title 42 should stay in place. On Tuesday, they demanded a vote on an amendment to the Schumer-Romney COVID funding deal. Schumer balked and tried to press ahead with the legislation anyway. It was that move that bothered Romney, who didn't have a heads up about it, and was supposed to be briefing his fellow Republicans on the deal when he learned about it. There is a good chance that if a vote on the Title 42 amendment were allowed, it would pass. Most of the vulnerable Senate Democrats up for election this year, such as Maggie Hassan, Raphael Warnock, and Mark Kelly, have leveled stinging criticism at the Biden administration for rescinding the policy without a detailed plan to grapple with the increase in migrants. Moderates who aren't in tough races, such as Senators Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and John Tester, have joined them. Progressives have just as forcefully pushed Biden from the opposite direction. And if the COVID bill is sent to the House with language reinstating Title 42, it's unlikely to pass. Even if it somehow did, it's hard to see Biden signing it into law. But even if he does, one big takeaway from Tuesday's clash is that immigration has returned to the center of politics in a major way. While most of the attention is on the likely impending confirmation of Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court, new polling out today from Politico and Morning Consult takes a look at current Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas a week after the revelation that his wife, Virginia, exchanged texts with Mark Meadows in which he advocated for overturning the results of the 2020 election. A couple of top lines, more than half of voters, 53%, believe that Justice Thomas should recuse himself from all cases related to the 2020 election because of Ginny's actions. That includes 76% of Democrats, 52% of Independents, and nearly one-third, 31% of Republicans. The percentage of voters with an unfavorable view of Justice Thomas, 36%, has increased by 12 points since late February, and his favorability, 28%, has decreased by 5 points. 
Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10.15 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 12.45, Biden will address the North America's Building Trades Union's Legislative Conference at the Washington Hilton. At 4.15, Biden will sign into law the Postal Service Reform Act of 2022. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 2.30. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. to take up Ketanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination. EPA Administrator Michael Regan will testify before the Environment and Public Works Committee at 10 a.m. The House will meet at 10 a.m. and at noon will take up various bills, including a resolution to find Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino in contempt of Congress. HHS Secretary Javier Becerra will testify before the Education and Labor Committee and Budget Committee at 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. respectively. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will testify before the Financial Services Committee at 10 a.m. All right, that's all I've got for you today. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogumuno Volan. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. The federal minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 an hour since 2009. In the same time, food and beverage costs have increased 18%, transportation costs up 16%, housing costs up 23%, and medical costs up 32%. In 2018, Amazon introduced a starting wage of at least $15 an hour for all U.S. employees. A new, independent study found that Amazon's wage increase produced a 2.6% increase in the average hourly wage among other employers in the same market. Learn more at aboutamazon.com slash 15.